All right, 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. We find, I'm sure for many, if not everyone in this room, familiar passage of scripture with David. David is anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16, and then David in 1 Samuel 17, he goes and we find where he fights Goliath. And uh, in the middle of 16 and 17, we find David's life takes a turn and he is actually at the palace at Saul's house. He's playing the harp for Saul and singing and, and playing and it causes that spirit that's on Saul to, to uh, uh, just give Saul some rest. And so we find a lot that's said about David. It's an inter- interesting story I find here in verse number one of chapter 16 and Lord said unto Samuel how long wilt thou mourn for Saul saying I have rejected him from reigning over Israel fill thine horn with oil go I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite for I have provided me a king among his sons and Samuel said how shall and Samuel said how how can I go uh, if Saul hear it he will kill me and the Lord said take a heifer with thee and say I am come to sacrifice to the Lord and call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him who I name unto thee. The priest, the Bible tells us in chapter 16, the priest Samuel, he's come to the house of Jesse to anoint the son of Jesse to be the next king. Leading up to this, we find where King Saul has been rejected, that King Saul has has, uh, disobeyed and his pride causes God to seek another king. And so this is not something that was sent out in search of a king and you put your resume in and and, uh, the priest comes and visits. This was something that was done of God. God puts on the heart of of Samuel here to go visit Jesse's house and when he gets there to anoint one of his sons to be king. The problem is this though, there's 10, 11 sons. There's not just one there. They get, uh, uh, Samuel gets there, and, and the obvious thing, would th- he would think that you'd take the oldest, and that would be the one that would become king. And so that's exactly what happened. The priest gets to the house, and Jesse presents the oldest son to him. And the oldest son had all of what, what, what Samuel thought all of what was needed to become king. He was strong. He was handsome. He had everything going for him physically. And God said, that's not the one. He brought the next one in, and that's not the one. He brought the third oldest in, and that's not the one. And there were seven others then that he brought in, and each one of those next seven, the Bible says this, that God says to Samuel, that's not the one. So we get to the, to the one who's not even there. He's gone. He's out working and he's out doing what his father had told him to do. And that tells you there that David wasn't seeking it and David wasn't desiring it. And no one thought David was going to get it. David wasn't even invited to the party when the priest came to the house. He was just told to work. And so we find where the ten sons are prayed before the priest. And finally they come to the one David. I have always enjoyed reading the life of David and studying the life of David once again, I come to this passage of Scripture this evening. As we take a look at David's life, I, I want us to take a look here. The, the one that Je, uh, uh, Samuel came to visit 
was Jesse. Jesse was the one that had a lot to do with this story. It was Jesse that had these sons. It was Jesse that paraded and presented each one of these sons before Samuel. It was Jesse that was going to be the one that his son was going to be anointed king. And this evening, I want us to take a look at Jesse. I want us to take a find, find a look at some things about Jesse. We find this, that verse number 6 and verse number 11 through 8 through 11 tells us this, that Jesse had, he had 11 sons, and we find that he was from Bethlehem in verse number 1. And so we do find a few things here, some facts about Jesse. But the most important thing, the most important thing I think that's revealed to us in chapter 16 is that when God needed a king, Jesse had a son that God wanted to use. When God was in search of a king, Jesse had a son that God could use. I want you to think about that. Parents in this room this evening, I want to talk to us about raising our children. I think this, in the world that we're living in, we need some young people that will rise up and do a great work for God. Jesse, though, had a large part in this. When God needed a king, Jesse had raised a son that could be king. Matter of fact, what we find is Jesse raised 11 sons that could have been king. Samuel thought the first one was it. Samuel thought the second one was it. He thought the third one was it. And then they passed each one by. It wasn't Samuel that saw that they weren't to be king. It was God telling Samuel, that's not the one, there's another one. And we find this, that when God needed a king, when God needed someone to use for his glory and his honor, Jesse had a son that God wanted to use. Jesse wasn't on purpose raising a king. This isn't something that Jesse sought out. If I could raise one of my boys, they've got 11 boys, maybe one day God would call one of these to be king. That was not the objection of, uh, uh, of, of Jesse wanting to raise his children. He was raising his children, and he was raising them, and on accident, they were able to become king. That wasn't something done on purpose. It's not something that Jesse was doing. He wasn't putting them through things so that hoping one day that Samuel would come to visit, that Samuel would see what he had done, and one of his sons would become king. Jesse was simply raising his children to be godly men, and when God needed a king, one of his children were ready. I want to give you just a few thoughts this evening just on children and raising children and as I said, I believe we live in a time we need Christians. We need Christian young people to rise up and take a stand. We need parents that will raise their children to rise up and take a stand. You know what I see, first of all, here is we, I won't take the time to read every verse in chapter number 16. As I said, majority of you know exactly what this chapter is. Samuel comes and, and, and each of his sons are passed through and David is anointed king. And then, then Saul hears about David, that he can play this harp and he calls for David to come. And David then plays in the presence of the king. And that's the latter part of this chapter. But there's a thought that I want to give you this evening. And the first thought this, raise your children so they're usable for the Lord. Raise your children so that they're usable for the Lord. You see, Jesse, as I said earlier, Jesse was not seeking to raise a king. 
That was not Jesse's objective. He was not saying that I'm going to raise these and, and again hoping that one of them is going to become a king. But what Jesse was doing, he was raising his children so that when God needed someone, one was available. I want to challenge each parent, and maybe you're a grandparent here, and you have say, and you're a part of raising your grandchildren. I would say this, that every single one of us ought to have a desire to raise our children so that God can use them. And it doesn't mean they have to be in full-time ministry. It doesn't mean they have to be a pastor or a missionary. But if God wants them to be that, then we need to prepare them and raise them for that. But we need young people that that will just be full-time Christians in every area of their life. We need honest young people. We need, we need to raise a generation uh, that have integrity. You know, we live in a world right now where it seems like this. People in leadership are, 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 are liars and, and no one can believe them. We just look at who's got the least amount of, of favorability and, and, or who's, who's the, the better out of the two that no one likes. And that's how we are picking leadership in the world today. We're looking at things and, and, and who's, the, who's the least dishonest? Who's the, who's the one that lies the least? Who's the one that's just out of, out of any of the, uh, the people we're looking at in leadership? None of them have integrity, but who has the most? And that's who we're going to choose. You know, God give us a generation of, of young people. God raise up a generation of young adults. God raise up a generation of Christians that are raised in such a way where they're honest, they're ethical, they have integrity, they tell the truth, and they are able to be used for God in any area that God calls them to be used. You know, God was looking for a king. Jesse wasn't raising a king, but God said, the way you've raised your children, that's the kind of king I'm looking for. We need to raise children that are usable for the Lord. How wonderful it must have been to know as a father that God needed a king and he was going to call your son. Think about that. Here's Jesse. Gets a visit from Samuel. And Samuel says, God needs something, and he told me to visit your family. How wonderful that could have been, would have been. How wonderful it would be to know that God was in search of a man. God was in search of a leader, and he sent the priest to your house to find him. You know, parents, you never know what God's going to do with your children. I don't believe it's our job as a parent to decide what God's going to do with our children. It's our responsibility as a parent to raise them so God can do with that whatever he desires to do with them. But they're ready to be used of God. Here we find that God is looking and God is needing a servant. God is looking for someone that's got a tender heart. God is looking for someone that'll stay, stay close to him. God is looking for someone that he can use to be a leader of this great nation. And his name is, is, is at the top of the list. I want you to go see Jesse because Jesse has a son. He didn't say to Samuel, I want you to go visit David. He said, I want you to go see Jesse because Jesse is raising a son that I need to do the work that I'm going to call him to do. David said later, David was from a house. He was from the Bethlehem. He had no riches. David described his life at one point, no riches, no power, no glory, no strength. 
David said of his family that they were just a common family. There was nothing special about their family. There was nothing that their family had going for them. It wasn't that they had something good, some, a name that was known of riches or the biggest house or, or none of those things were what described Jesse and his family. None of those things described David. What David said is we were just common. We were just the average person. We had nothing of great substance. But when God looked for a person, God isn't always looking for the richest. God is not always looking for the most powerful. God is not always looking for the the best looking. What God's looking for, we find in verse number seven, we find this of chapter 16. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on his height or stature, because I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For a man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You know, when God's looking for someone to use... He's looking for what's inside. When he was looking for a king, he wanted to see the inside. He was looking for honesty. When God wanted a king and needed a leader, he was looking for integrity. He was looking for meekness. If every parent, if you'd hear what God was looking for, these are the qualities that we need to raise our children. We need to raise them in such a way that when God needs someone so that that their name is chosen, so that God, when he's needing someone that's going to exalt his name, he looks to those that we're raising and they're the top of his list. Who cares? Who cares if the entire world knows our name? If God's not interested in using us. Who cares if our children are on the top of the who's who? If God doesn't use us. Who cares if our children make the news in the front page? What ought to matter to every parent this evening is this. When God is looking to use someone, my child is the one that God's looking to use. You know, it's God is looking for a king that was just one man. But God's not just looking for a king, one person. You know, God can use every single young person, every single child, every single teenager, every single young adult, every single couple. God can use every single person right now for His purpose and His glory. It's not like, well, only one gets chosen. The rest are left. God's looking for a generation of people that He can use. As we watch this world all around us, it seems like it's just falling apart. And what we need to decide is, as Jesse decided, I want to submit to you this, that the the world Jesse was living in wasn't always going the way it needed to go. It had a king that had rejected God. It It had a kingdom that wasn't serving God. They were serving the king. They had someone in charge that was prideful. The king here at this time, in the generation that David was growing up, the king was not a role model for David to to look after. This king was one that God said, I'm no longer going to have my hand upon you. The country was not in the place where God's blessing was upon it. And God still was able to look inside that nation and find that there was still a young person that God could use to turn that country around. You know, I believe this, that God can still turn our country around. But it's going to be at the Christian parents, Christian families that say this, I'm going to raise my children in such a way that God can use them for whatever He desires.
that we have Awana and Elevate and we have Word of Life and what are the teens doing this summer? What is it? Gladiator Games. We have all these activities and these programs. We have a Christian school for our children. We have Sunday school classes. And every one of these is an opportunity to capture the heart of our young people and train them and help each parent as you're raising your children to serve the Lord. Number two, I want you to write this down. In verse number 11, this is just something I find here. When they came to find David in verse number 11, and Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. You know what I find in verse number 11? Jesse was raising his children to work. He's raising his children to work. He said to Samuel, I've got one more. And he's out working. The youngest was working. You know, parents, I think we need to raise our children today in this society to work. I, um, I see all over and I hear all over people saying there's not a job where people could work at. And I find this everywhere I go anymore, I see signs hiring. I mean, they're all over the place. I thought about getting a second job just because there's so many jobs out there. And the reality is this. It's not enough money or it's not exactly what I want to do or the work's too hard. You know what I believe this? We ought to raise our children to work. Work. Here Jesse wasn't teaching David to depend upon someone else or something else. He was teaching him to work. He was raising his son to have a good work ethic. He found that uh, working, he said, when Jesse came, I, I've got another son, but he's out there with the sheep. And, 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 and Samuel had to say, go get him. get him. Get him in here so I could meet him. Raise our children to work. You know, in chapter number 17, we find in verse number 34 and 36, we find where David describes some of the things that he's done. He said this, and David said unto Saul, thy servant kept thy father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I smote him and I slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be, at, uh, be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled the armies of the living God. You know what I find here? That he not only taught his son to work, he taught his son to put care into his work. It wasn't just, let's take care of the sheep, and if something happens to him, oh well. He said, I'm going to take care of these sheep. When an obstacle came, you don't find where David ran away. You find where David said, I'm going to put my best into this job. I'm going to put my best into caring for these sheep. He killed the lion. He killed the bear. He didn't just teach him to work halfway. He said, if you're going to do a job, do it right. Do it right. 
You know, it's interesting that the way that Jesse raised his children, he raised his son to work. He raised his son to put care into his work. In the very next chapter, those, those ethics that he taught his son, God used so that a Philistine could be killed. I think it's important to teach your children to work. God will use that. God used it in the life of David. And when David came to the place where Goliath stood there, he said this, if I took care of that lion and I took care of that bear, this uncircumcised Philistine, I know I can take care of him too. Why? Because he had an ethic to work. Listen, we need to raise our children not to be satisfied with status quo. You know, you walk into some uh, places of work. You know, I I think parents this, and you say, boy, you're getting real peddling now and getting in in meddling into our business. I think if you teach your children to work and they go to work, they ought to work the entire time. Do you ever go into someone and they're on their phone or they're, they're finishing up their conversation and you're just like, could I get service here? I think we ought to teach our children a work ethic. The way that Jesse raised his son, God used to defeat Goliath. I think about that. David had the confidence because his father taught him a work ethic. He had the experience of killing this lion. He had the experience of killing this bear. And when he came to this Philistine, he said this, I know I can defeat this man too. Thirdly, I want you to write this down in verse number 18. We find this. The Bible says, Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing and mighty, a mighty valiant man, a man of war. Prudent in matters and calmly person. And the Lord is with him. Think about those characteristics. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. It came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. You know what I find in verse number 18? I believe this, that we ought to raise our children to use our talents that God has given them. To bring him glory. You know, God has gifted every single person with something. We ought to be using it for him. I enjoyed these girls this evening, not because one of them was my daughter, although I enjoyed my daughter singing this evening. I enjoyed it because I knew this, they were both scared out of their minds. But they did it anyways. They spent this afternoon practicing, encouraging each other. Because God gave them a gift. We had uh, that big old Remba, is that what it's called? That was out here today. 
what a beautiful sound was coming out of that because someone was willing to use their gifts. There was someone on the guitar today, there was someone on this instrument today, and someone, a couple different people on the piano today. Special music today. There were teachers teaching today. My youngest daughter came home. I can't believe they got it all done in an hour. She had Jonah's whale. I mean, it looked like a real whale. It was impressive. It's because the teacher spent the time to put something together to teach. We had people serving today. We had someone that maybe can't sing or play an instrument, so they stood by the doors and they said, I can smile and shake hands and put bulletins in people's hands. We had guests that were here today, especially in the second service. We had many guests that were here and someone served them today. You know, every single person has something that God's blessed you with. You know, I believe this, adults, we ought to be such an example to our young people that they can't wait to use their talents because they see the adults in the church using theirs. They ought to be looking out and saying, that's exactly what God has gifted me with. That's the exact talent that God has given me. And I want to get to know this person even better because they do what God put in my heart to do. You know, we need to raise our children to use their talents for the Lord. But I believe this as well. We as adults need to begin, if not, if we're not already using our talents. Because we can't get away with it because we're simply adults. Every single person in this church has something to give. What are you giving? What are you giving to the Lord? We need to raise your children. We need to teach our children that God has gifted them with something. We need to help them find that gift. We need to allow them to use the ability to use that gift so that God receives glory. Number four, I want you to write this down. Raise your children to battle for the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, in verse number 38 through 40, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded the sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, and he said yeah, he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. And he took a staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had, even in script, and his sling went in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, and he was but a youth, a ruddy, and a fair countenance. And the Philistine, Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves, and the Philistines cursed David his God. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh into the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. And then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. 
This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. We need to raise our children to battle for the Lord. You know, there is an enemy. That enemy wants to defy God. That enemy wants to do everything he can to keep us from raising young people. That'll serve the Lord. You know, there's so many things that can entice our children, so many worldly lusts, so many things today that it just seems like they're drawing our children away from us and away from the things of God. But we, we, need, to, we need to raise up young people that will draw a line in the sand that won't give in to peer pressure, that will say, you know, God has blessed me and God has saved me and I'm going to stand for God. God help us raise a generation of children that are not going to waver. God help us to raise a generation of young people that are going to stand. You know, I like... uh, I don't know if you get on Facebook much. If you're on Facebook much in this area, you you probably see a... a fellow that's been running for state representative. Anybody know anybody running for state representative? Yeah. You know, that just shows us that you can be godly. And God still use you. You know, I believe this in every area. Every area. In our country, in our church, in society. We ought to have godly people involved. Godly men. Godly women. That are going to stand for right. They're not going to waver. They're not going to fall. They're going to stand for truth. They're going to stand upon the morals and the principles of God's Word. They realize this, that there is a great God, and I want the world to know how great He is. Jesse did some things right, I believe, in raising his children. He did some things right in raising his son. You know, we can't get comfortable in raising our children. We can't get comfortable in church even now. It's not the time for us to get comfortable adults. We need to be showing them and and being an example of them so they see an example of how to live. You know, I want to be a godly example of my children, but I know this, you can help me by you being a godly, godly example as well. When my children come and they see faithful teachers and they see faithful people serving, that encourages them to do right. Yeah, they're going to hear it at home, and yeah, they're going to hear it from, from dad. And, and, and I tell my son, he worked a lot this summer, and every time he'd get out of that car, I'd drop him off. I'd say this, son, make sure you realize, make sure you remember you are a Christian. Work hard. I don't care if anyone else doesn't work. You work hard. Work. Because you're a Christian. We need to teach our children, and we need to be an example to our children. We need to be an example church to our children serving. 
I would challenge every single adult in our church, find something that God has called you to do and then find someone that will come alongside of you and teach them and train them to do it so that when you're gone and moved on, God has someone else that He can use that's ready to do the work of the Lord. Whatever you're doing, find someone. Teach them to do what you're doing. We can't get comfortable. We can't get, get comfortable in serving. We can't get comfortable in, 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 in the fight against the world. We can't get comfortable at church. We need to realize this, that we've got a generation of young people that are coming up behind us, and we need to train them to serve. Listen, if you have a talent and you, sh- you have an ability to sing, I would say this, you should be singing. So I don't know if I want to get up there to sing. Just like that young person doesn't know if they want to get up to sing, they need you to encourage them that if you, God's blessed you and God's given you a talent, that you might be afraid. It might be a little bit nervous, but God's gifted you with something and I'm going to use it for His glory. And there may be some young person sitting out there saying, you know, I, I'm nervous as well, but I look up to that person. I, that person's a role model in my life. And if they're willing to do it, I'm going to do it as well. Stay faithful. We'll encourage our church, stay faithful in serving because there is someone that is looking to you that you're helping. Let's get to the place where we're raising our children to serve. Every single parent here tonight, one of your responsibilities should be finding out what God has gifted your child to do and helping your child to, to use that gift so that God receives glory and God receives honor. Let's determine this evening that God is too great. God is too great for us to raise a generation of young people that everything else is a priority other than the Lord. Let me say that again. Let's determine this evening that God is too great for us to raise a generation of young people that everything else is a priority other than serving the Lord. Parents, commit to raising godly young people. Church, commit to helping parents who are raising godly young people. You know, we're getting into the fall season here of ministry, and on purpose, we didn't have a whole lot planned this summer. We didn't want to busy the schedules up, and people are gone on vacation. But this, this fall, we've got a lot going on. I mean, the Awana and a youth group and Sunday school. Next Sunday, I want to encourage you to be here. Next Sunday, we're going to present to our church a lot of different outreach activities that we want you to be involved in. My daughter Kaylee and I spent a lot of time downtown yesterday, and boy, her eyes were open to a lot of things. She said, Wow, I didn't realize so many houses. Look so bad, Dad. We went house after house after house that was boarded up or broken windows. I took her to visit a church yesterday where, boy, it was exciting. They didn't look like us. They didn't talk like us. They didn't act like us. God was using this church to reach this community. To be honest with you, we probably couldn't reach. But God's using them. And they have great needs. 
We're going to present to our church some opportunities. Our staff has been working hard and coming up with ideas. We're going to present next week to you some areas that, that every month we're going to uh, get together and in prayer for our church will get behind it. And I'm hoping, and I've said this to our staff, I'm hoping that this group doesn't say this is for older folks or this is for teenagers or this is for singles or this is for young people. No, we need together as a church to come together in an older folk, take someone that's younger alongside of them and teach them how to serve and teach them how to use their talents and teach them to serve Jesus Christ. We present these activities and these ideas to you. I can't wait for our church to get behind it and get into our community and reach our community in this area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know many a times over history when God sends a revival... Most of the time, he sends it through teenage age children or young adults. I've read a lot about that, and I've thought to myself, that's pretty sad. Not that teenagers are willing to give their hearts, but what's sad is it comes, seems like it comes to a place where adults are just callous and cold to God working. Setting their ways comfortable. And the ones that should be the example, that ones that should be leading, the ones that should be, God has to look past and say, I'm going to have to use this generation because this generation isn't willing. But I want to challenge our parents and I want to challenge our church this evening. Let's invest in the lives of our young people. You say, I don't have any children and I don't have any young people in our church. I can't tell you how much of a need there is for teachers and mentors and adults just to get involved. Brother Jeff, do we have too many Awana workers? We do not. Do we need more? We could use some more. There's Pastor Chris. Is he in here? Do you have enough youth workers? You need more? Pastor Paul, do we have enough Sunday school teachers? Do we need more? Lindsay, where is she at? You have too many people volunteering for nursery, don't you? Do you need more? Every area of our church that involves children to young adults, we have a need. Every area. Are we going to fill those needs? It's not that we don't have enough people to serve. I think we need to take a look and ask us this question. Are we going to invest in this generation? As a church, are we going to invest in this generation? You say, I'm too old, I've already done my time. Your attitude isn't what's needed, but your experience might be. <laughs> Every single person ought to evaluate their heart 
look at their talents and say, am I using what God has blessed me with? There's a generation that's coming up behind us. In church, we need help. Are you willing to help? So when God says, I need a king, there's one that's ready.